Howdy, howdy. Howdy. Man, that's good. I don't even have to have you do it a second time. That's really good. That's really good feedback. We're on Nemo. That's how whales talk to one another. You hear it? It sounds just like whale talk. My name is Orca. I have a collapsed dorsal fin. Remember that? That dorsal fin? Oh, Give it another go. Alright gang, how in the world are you? Good, good, good. I'm going to get you up here in just a second uh, again. For the main reason is that we, and we'll talk about this, every time you come into this, for, there was a lot of folks tonight that walked back through the door it's a tremendous courage, and it's for all of us, really, when you get down and think about it, is that you got to get yourself here on purpose, and especially a lot of times when we as a body of Christ, that if we've ever been to a place and we've experienced this grace and this mercy and this compassion with one another, and then things just go, well, just like life, they just go crazy, you know? And then you go, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to go get back. And you walk through the door. Huge. You are my hero. You really are. You exhibit courage that is unparalleled. So I'm st so stinking proud to be in your presence tonight. And so what we're going to do tonight, here I'm going to get you up, and the thing is, is that, see, Deb up here a while ago, you will never know grace from someone. You'll never know how people will will handle grace until you need it. Until you desire it. Until you're wanting to swallow it in so bad you can't see straight. And so I know my bride was just up here just wrestling herself like crazy. So when we get up, and the thing is, before we even get up, is that any time anybody ever lays themselves out here like this, what they're doing, you are the recipient of the heart that's going, Father, I'm just going to give you all I have. Father, here's my life, Lord. Just take it. And sometimes it may not look like the way that we had it pictured in my mind. But God's up there just going, Wow. Wow. That is awesome. Thank you. So let's do that. Love on each other here for a second, and then we're gonna we're gonna have a whole bunch of fun here tonight, getting into the new way versus the old way. So everybody up for a second, hug a neck. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. I am glad you're here. I was here last week, but I'm trying to be obedient when God places me in my heart to either call or text. All right, Tina's going to pray for us. Hey, my mom is no one here. Okay, cool. Let it rip. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful, so grateful for your grace and your mercy mm. that we could not do anything to achieve those things, Father God, that you, because of your obedience, 
and all that you did, Lord, that covers our sins and our mistakes and our screw-ups. And I'm so thankful. Personally, I'm so grateful for everything. Mm. Mm, I thank you for this body of believers that tonight, divine appointment that everyone is here. And I'm so blessed to see this, this body of this church growing. It's just awesome, Father God. Mm, please mm. continue to do a good work in the refuge. Please be with Mike and his family, Lord. Please continue to bless them and meet any need that they may have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Here we go. All right, just go ahead and get... Uh, you're going to go to a couple of spots. Go ahead and get back into 2 Corinthians on your, in your book or in your screen. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. That's the verse that we're going to go back to um, each week. It's kind of our anchor verse for the next couple of weeks as we start traipsing through and reminding ourselves that there was this old way of living out your faith, and but now we're in this new way. And so what we're doing over the course of the weeks is just reminding ourselves, have we ever slipped back into the old way? So we're at 2 Corinthians, it's chapter 4, it's verse 1, and it says, Therefore, since God in His mercy has given us this new way, this ministry, some of your translations may read, we never give up. Some translations even say, or we never lose heart, or we don't get discouraged. And the thing is, is that we, when we looked at that, we went back a little bit last week and said, let's at least go back to chapter 3 to see what they're talking about. To see what this guy Paul is, is telling us that, hey, we've got this new way. And so if you'll flip back over just for a second, to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to read a couple of verses there. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. And Paul's reminding us, he's saying, look, if the old way which brings condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way which makes us right with God? Some of your translations probably says righteous, justified. It's accepted. Verse 12. Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. And so the thing is, is that that's a quick test for us, is that when you think of God, do you think of Him with confidence? Or do you think of Him as ducking and hiding, going, oh crap. God, I don't know. And he's just saying that it, 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 there's a difference. That if we, this new way gives us such confidence. So the thing is, is that if I don't have it, then we get to help each other find it and figure out why I don't. What is my image of God that doesn't give me confidence to be able to stand in Him? So here we go. We learned last week, or this week, that uh, Jesus... Jesus said these words. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. All right, let's say it all again together. Jesus said, I am the truth. Truth and life. All right. And so there's those two words that says, I am. And so that's not the first place that we see those words. So we're talking about this guy named Moses in 2 Corinthians 3. So I thought it would be kind of cool to see, alright, where's the first time we even see those two words together, I am, and to say, why is He even saying those things, right? And so Philip is right. The first time we see those is over in Exodus, and it's this guy named Moses. Now, I'm going to compress a ton in here. 
So you got to hang on. Alright? Because there's just so much about Moses' life to try to unpack that we're not going to unpack that today at all. But I do want to give us an overview of going, why did Moses even say those two words? Because he did. Alright? So, this is an exodus. Alright? It's the next book after Genesis. And so we see this guy named Moses that was born. Now, push pause on that just for a second. They're living in this land where Moses' people, the chosen ones of God, are absolutely getting brutalized. They're getting whipped. They're slaved. They're getting... They're getting torched. And so, Pharaoh's buddies came up to him. Pharaoh's the king. And his buddies came up to him and said, uh, Pharaoh, these uh, Hebrew people, these, uh, they, uh, they're multiplying quicker than rabbits. <laughs> they, they are a strong people and they're multiplying like crazy. If they keep this pace, they'll outnumber us. And if they keep that pace and then if they kind of go out here and get with our other enemies, they'll overpower us. Pharaoh went, uh-uh, no way. You go kill all the boys. So he makes a decree to go kill all the little Hebrew boys. And that's what they went about doing. But Moses' mom and daddy said it wouldn't happen on their watch. And so they hit him. And they hit him out for as long as they could, and it was for three months. And so they get a basket. And they cover it in pitch and tar. And if, if that sounds familiar to you any at all, it's the same stuff that Noah put on his boat to protect, to make sure it wouldn't sink, to hold it together. And all the while, uh, Moses' mom and daddy are putting him in this basket. Moses' aunt, his mama's sister, is on the bank watching. And man, they place him in the river and he floats away. Can you imagine? For those of us who had children at three months old, I'm going to put my baby, but that's the only chance he's got. Go. So he gets in the river and he's floating down. And, and, and God is so crazy cool. He's <laughs> really neat. So Moses is traipsing down the river, right? Three months old. He don't have a clue what's happening. And all of a sudden, there's women in the river. And it just so happens that the women in the river that are bathing are Pharaoh's daughter and her attendants. Pharaoh's daughter, the one that ordered the decree to kill all the babies, opens the basket, sees the boy, and her heart connects to the baby. Moses' aunt, seeing all this go down, she runs down there and she goes, Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. He's a Hebrew baby. You may go get a Hebrew woman so she can nurse him? And they said, Yeah, absolutely. And guess who Moses' aunt went and got to nurse Moses? Mama. Mama. <laughs> Isn't that cool? And so there's a lot that transpires in there that we really don't know, but we know this, that Moses grew up in wealth because he was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. Alright? And so years go by, years go by, years go by, and Moses knows that his people are absolutely getting slaughtered. To the point where he's going, look, man, there were some scenes that went down with, 
with him and the people there. He actually, he actually kills a guy. And it's starting to get real pressure in there. And he says, i got to get out. And he leaves. And so he does flee. And the next time we see Moses, he's, he's, he's just camped out at this fence in Midian. He's resting. He's been running. And so in his resting, he sees these seven ladies that come up and they're going to draw in water. and They're going to water their flock. And there's these other boys that come up and start harassing the girls. Moses being Moses, he goes over and takes care of them boys. And they get out of there and he helps the girls water the flock. And see, the girls were, their daddy was a priest. You would see his name two different ways in the book, Jethro or Rule. So the girls go home and you can probably hear some of the chatter going on. Daddy, 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 you're not going to believe what happened today when we was watering the sheep. Oh, this boy named Moses. Woo! Woo! He's so handsome, Daddy. It went down. Come on. I know how you girls are. And Daddy goes, Where is he? Go back and get him. I bet it was a dead race for all them seven to go get that boy. Moses, come on. Come on, Moses. Please. So he did. And years later, the boy, the man, the priest says, Moses, you can marry Zipporah. Moses does. They have a son named Gershom. And years later, Moses is taking the sheep out and taking care of them. And this bush starts burning. And this voice. I don't know if y'all are like me, but anytime I imitate God's voice, I get as deep as I can. Moses, this is God. And I don't know, but if I'm Moses and I'm seeing a bush burning up, I'm thinking, no crap! And it's not going anywhere. Hello, Lord! And God tells him, He said, I've heard the moaning and the groaning of my people. So gang, in your life, if you think that He doesn't hear, He does. It may not happen in the, in the time frame that we want relief, but He hears you. And so as He is talking to him, He's telling Moses, He's saying, look, we're going to get our people out of there. Moses balks at it. He doesn't want to. has to go get his brother. And so they start and say, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Plague after plague after plague after plague comes, and the people are going. They're leaving. They got exactly what they've been praying for now, gang, for hundreds of years. Remember, there was this time frame between Abraham and Moses where there were no tablets. So they're out here in this land of freedom, the very thing that they asked for, and they start what? Moaning and groaning. What did you bring us out here for, Moses? And he's going nuts. He really is. He's going nuts. But he's listening to God. He keeps listening to God. And so Moses, in, in this time frame, he's coming up. And he's saying, look, when you go tell Pharaoh that I am releasing the people, Moses asked him, 
Who do I tell him that sent me? And God looked at him. He said, I am who I am. That was good enough for Moses. And that's what he did. So fast forward to the point where Moses starts going up on the mountain. Because here's this people, and there's been a lot of life that's just happened, man. And so they get here to this mountain, and the people know they can't touch the mountain. And they're up there, and they're going, oh my gosh, Moses is talking to God. He's going up there to get more instructions, and God is coaching Moses up, and he's going up on the mountain. And before even Moses could get back down from the mountain, gang, listen, he was coming back down the mountain, and he had to have heard the clamoring going on down there. And about halfway down, I bet he's thinking, what in the world is going on? And before he could even get all the way back down the mountain, the people that had before had said, Moses, we'll live any way that you want us to. God will obey you. We will listen to you. We will live your way. Please don't do anything else to us. And before he could get back down with the tablets, they'd already broke the first commandment. And so God in His infinite way said, there's got to be a new way. I'm going to create a new way. So we fast forward, gang. We fast forward 1,400 years. 1,400 years we fast forward. And we see this guy that was in the wilderness. And he's got this uh, crazy camel something or another on. And it's tied up with a leather belt. And his name is John. And he's screaming, Behold! 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 The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And see, here's the thing, gang. Is that he knew the old way. And I believe at some point, John, who we now know as John the Baptist, when he's out there screaming, he's going, a new way is coming. A new way is coming. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He said, because you see, my daddy was part of the old way. My daddy was Zechariah. Gang, listen to me. My daddy was Zechariah. He was in the Holy of Holies that day when Gabriel came to him and he said, hey, look, a new way is coming. You're going to have a child, Zechariah. Your child's going to be the one that paves the way for Christ, the Messiah, the Redeemer, the one that will make peace with everything. And he doubted. My daddy went mute. He couldn't speak. My daddy and my mama, there's a new way coming. He even said sentences before that. He said the law was given through Moses. But what? Unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. To have been on the scene to listen to the energy of a John screaming out, a new day is coming. And to feel the energy of a people around him going, man, you are bonkers. Because gang, here and today, we as a body will look at others and say, you're nuts. <laughs> you have lost it. <laughs> it's official. I'm checking out of here. That guy's a little fruity for me. 
And we're wearing the same jersey. We got the same JC jersey on. And he's going game. So here's the thing. How many of you have ever been around someone that's been set in their ways? Yeah, all of us. Right? If you're over two, well, I don't know. Two-year-olds get pretty set in their way. Think about this for a second. You have lived life in your family heritage for 1,400 years a certain way. And the folks that have been reading the books, that have been reading the scrolls, that have been interpreting it for over 1,400 years, and even prior to that, and here comes the day when the Messiah is coming, and they look at each other and go, mm -mm. So the, before we throw them under the bus, let's carry out the, the journey a little bit further to see if there's any similarities about us as a body. We fast forward to John 14, verse 6. Flip over. Let me see these words. Jesus told them. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through Me. <coughs> and I really love this. You've got to put your eyeballs on this next verse, gang. Go over to Luke chapter 4. Now Jesus is coming in and He's saying, I am the way. You have been living life for so long in a certain way in order to try to gain acceptance by what you do. And how you do it. And how often you do it. And how clean you are in the doing of that. And Jesus is saying, scrap that. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And so when He is saying, I am, He is saying, I'm God. Now that flipped the old boys upside down. Luke 4. The scene, Jesus, when He went into a city, he's a, lot, he's a lot of times He's either in a home or a synagogue or wherever He is, He's teaching. In this particular instance, He's in a synagogue. He's in their barn. <laughs> he's in the barn that the boys set up because they were told to now, gang. They were told to by God to put all this stuff up and put it together, but God is changing the game. 1,400 years, setting ways. And Jesus is sitting right smack dab in the middle of them. And the scroll is handed. It's the scroll of Isaiah. And so I'm going to pick it up here in verse 15. It's Luke chapter 4. Verse 15, He, being Jesus, taught regularly... <laughs> I can't say that word. Often. In the synagogues. It's hard for me to say words with ours. Regularly. It's not coming. <laughs> he taught often in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the Scriptures. I just love that. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. Gang, drink this in. Verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, 
that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And He rolls it up. I love it. He rolls it up, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at Him intently. Then He began to speak them. The Scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. A new day has come. Oh my gosh! And He's right there in the middle of them. Why didn't they accept it? And it's not a question for them. It's a question for us today. Why are there people around us that have checked the Christian box and have at least related to Him, but yet have zero desire to do this? Or will have zero desire to get with us as we go out and we said we care not about an address that will only be defined by the way that we love people. And that our love for people will define us as people that love Jesus Christ. has zero to do with an address. So why don't others accept that? Here's one of the reasons I believe. Flip over to Romans 10. We're about to really have a lot of fun. Jesus has fulfilled it. Romans 10, verse 1. There's still something about hearing pages flip. I love that. Romans 10, verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, The longing of my heart and prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with Himself. Refusing to accept God's way. They cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. And I even put in parentheses there, our or mine. And so when I go back and read that, I go, they, Bibbo, clings to his own way of getting right with God by trying to keep his law. Verse 4, For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who what class? Believe. Say it again. For what? Believe. Believe in Him are made right, righteous, which is His acceptance with God. Paul had a perfect time here, gang. He had a beautiful opportunity to list the things that you are to do to be accepted by God. And he lists one. And what is that one that he lists? Believe. Come on, say it loud. Believe. Hey man, get you a sticker when y'all head out. And <laughs> they got believe on it. So here's the thing. Here's, here's where I want us to camp out for the rest of our time. If through Christ He has accomplished everything, and I believe for most of us, I'm gonna go ahead and do it. I believe for most of us. See my tablets here? I believe for most of us that have said yes to Jesus, most people have probably jumped over the hurdle of saying, you know what? Yes, He has accomplished the the old, the old covenant. The Word says He fulfilled it. I didn't come to abolish it. I came to fulfill it. And so we get there with that. But then just like what this verse says here, they cling to their own way. 
And so what I believe starts to happen with us is that we've crafted our own tablets. And that we'll get our, get our chisel and our hammer and man, we'll just go, alright, yep, I love Jesus, but I better be in that Word every day. Yep, I love Jesus, but if I'm not in that barn every time the doors are open, then I'm going to hell. I love Jesus, but if I... If, you see where I'm going? What's on your tablet? And after you just keep pounding on it, pounding on it, pounding on it, then you've got to pick that thing up because now you're starting to live under your law. And so here's your law, and you're picking that thing up, and it's on you. And you're carrying it around. And so how long can you carry the weight of your own law over your head? Because at some point, you're going to miss it. At some point, whatever your vision of God is that you've placed on this tablet is going to come crashing down. And so the question is, is why am I even crafting a tablet? How many times does Jesus have to empty a tomb? Once. Amen. Then why the tablet? Why am I crafting my own tablet? Who are you trying to impress? People. So which one is it? I could list them all day, but what is yours? What is your own law? What is, hey gang, we've got 30, did you know we got 30,000 different of these? They're called denominations. In the U.S., there's 30,000 different of these that have divided us as a body of Christ. And we're saying, we're not going to participate in that. I'm breaking the freaking tablet. That's not a yoke for us to carry. Jesus said His yoke is easy. How come I won't put that on? Let's put that on. Because see, we've got someone like Sloan. A couple of weeks ago, man, she had already said yes to this guy named Jesus. Now look, I think it's a beautiful illustration. Thanks for letting me use this, Sloan. You see, when she first said yes to Jesus, there was this old way of her thinking who this Jesus was. Hortensia did it two weeks ago. She swallowed the wrong Jesus. She swallowed a Jesus that was holding her captive. We just read, He sets us free. Amen. He said, we just read that the oppressed are coming out and free. So if I've swallowed anything that has made me bound up, I've swallowed the wrong Jesus. And so Sloan in a new way here in two weeks, she says, Bilbo, I want back in the water. I said, well, Sloan, good night alive, man. That is so stinking cool. Who do you want to get in the water with you? Because see, we're demolishing the old way here in this barn and saying it's, it's whoever she was living life with, whoever that has been sowing some Jesus into her is the one that's going to be the one to say, man, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, come up in this new way. I'm honored to be the one that gets in the water with you. But now that when she's in the new don't let her craft her own tablet. <laughs> There's no need for it. Right? 
So let's do this. Let's have this last little illustration. This will be your test. You ready? This will determine whether you're under the old way or the new way or somewhere in between. Christ walks through the door. Is your immediate response to that duck and hide? If so, i got great news for you. You're under the old way and the new way is waiting on you right now. If He were to open up the door, would you go in there and high-five the heck out of chest pumping? Lord, boom, boom! Yes, Jesus! Is it time? Is it, are we going back? Are you setting it up here now? Are you really? It's time? And he's going, yes! But if you duck and hid, you're under the old. And do you not leave this room? Do not leave this room. Do not leave this room carrying the old way anymore. Father, Father, You are a great... You are a great God. So I'm just going to shut up and get out of the way. Father, and let You have Your way in this time. Lord, if there's anyone out here tonight that has been carrying their old way, that has crafted their tablet upon tablet upon tablet, and quite honestly, it's fallen on them, and when it's broken, they craft another. I pray that they would get with someone that they know right now, God, that they are safe with that's living in the new way. Lord, I keep reading that when we say yes to You, that everyone in this place that has said yes to You is a pastor, is a priest of You, of the Most High, because we are co-heirs. Father, thank You for giving such authority to us and trusting us with it. And Father, thank You for the grace that You give us when we mishandle it. So God, I love You. I know there's a people out here that love you too, and I can't wait for those that are going to take off the old way and live in the new way from this day forward. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So if you walked in the door right now, you'd say, You're my beloved, you're my bride. I'm singing over you, and it's my delight. Come away with me, my love. He's not coming in here saying you're a loser. He's not coming in here telling you of the ways that you've dropped the ball. He's coming in here to tell you he that you are his bride. And that he's tickled to be your groom. And that he loves you completely. 
and that he's never turning away from you. So as we sing together, let's remember our groom, our bridegroom that's coming for us. And as we take of the bread that represents his body and we dip it in the juice that represents his blood that is spilled for us, may we just say thank you. we wouldn't do it out of ritual but that we would do it out of joy for the one who calls us bride